Hey, we're so glad you joined us today on the Better Together Podcast. I'm Tony. And I'm Anne. And we're back. Oh my goodness, it's been too long. Way too long, like way too long. But here we are and we're back. I'm so excited. Me too. Yeah. So just our couple quick questions to begin with. How was your summer? What summer? I know, right? Yeah, it feels like it's just like it was busy and it was good and so many great things. New grandbaby this summer and, you know, just lots of good stuff. Lots of remodeling around the house. But yeah, it flew. And you too. You've had a busy. Yeah, summer was mostly uh, get Allie ready to go to Alabama. Mm -hmm. And she's there. She's all settled in. Yeah. And Michael walked into her room and cried when we got home. But hey, you know what? I may have gotten teary. Miss my girl, but she's where God wants her. That's and that right. consumed our summer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but here we are. We're back. End of summer. But not for technically a month. Right. So I, uh, all you pumpkiners, I get it, but no. Not I'm yet. sorry, not yet. I saw somebody said pumpkin spices back at Duncan, and I'm like, it is August. It is 90 degrees outside. Right? It's like... Yeah. Give me a lava drink or something. Everything Pineapple. in due season. Yeah. <laughs> Starbucks used to have a coconut frap. Ooh. And it was really good and they stopped selling it. I'm like, that's the only thing I got here oh. besides tea. So anyway, that leads us into what's your favorite summer coffee drink? Well, you know, something I discovered this summer is a new bubbly flavor. Which is coconut pineapple, Ooh. which is really good because it's sparkly and it's not super strong in flavor, just enough to go, ooh, I kind of like that. That was nice. So not a coffee drink. Are you a coffee drinker? I am. You are. What, I am like a coffee plain drinker. plain black coffee or how do you take your coffee? I have a little uh, milk, lactose-free milk, and a little bit of this sweetener that I use called Waylo. So I have that in there in the morning. I drink low acid coffee because I found I had stomach issues with coffee. God really revealed that to me. So that's been a blessing. Nice. And then um, we did start buying some concentrated Starbucks cold brew, but I don't drink it a lot. Okay. Oh, there you go. How about you and all your coffee drinking? <laughs> I'm not a coffee drinker. Michael's a coffee drinker. He does all the espresso and black coffee. Like he's yeah. black. Like yeah. we had quite the Starbucks adventure on the way home from taking Allie to school. Oh. So we're driving home and I drink tea. So I don't drink coffee. But he needed a coffee because it was getting kind of at that time where it's not bedtime, but you've been on the road for a long time. It's still kind of light, but you need some mm-hmm. kind of kick. And so we stopped at this, we stopped to get gas and then stopped at this Starbucks walk in and it's like chaos, like a Starbucks is because people are ordering, getting their orders and people are busy behind the counter. And so we walk up and you can tell the cashier's new. Oh, so he got in line and I said, I'm going to go in and go to the restroom. I'll come back out and then you can go to the restroom, blah, blah, blah. So I said, here's my tea order, which they didn't have my tea. So I come out from using the restroom, washing your hands, fixing your hair. He hasn't moved in line. Oh, no. And all he wanted was a black coffee, and that's easy. So we were the next ones up in line. He went to the restroom. I ordered his black coffee, and then we wait and wait and wait. And like seven or eight minutes go by, and he goes up to the girl behind the register There was no one else in line behind us who usually that's her job to just pour the black coffee. 
And he goes, I, I just want a black coffee. And he's pointing to it right over her shoulder, like the coffee pot. And she goes, I'm new. Like it had to have been her first hour right. working. That she didn't know how to pour a coffee. So I'm like, just take a hot, deep breath. At least they have yours. They don't have mine. I'm not getting anything. You just, they have it. So we just have to wait a second. So then at like three or four minutes later, for a black coffee, wow. the, the manager looking person comes out and I sneak up to the counter. I'm like, we really just want a black coffee. Can you just pour it for us? We'll be out of your hair. So she turns around. There's no coffee made. She starts to grind the beans, and Michael's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not waiting for you to bring this coffee. Please return my money. So they returned our money, and we left. Wow. So I've never been to a Starbucks that they didn't have coffee they brewed. They didn't have coffee brewed. Like, they always have Pike. Pike is always That's what brewed. he wanted. Right. Now, I get. I usually go, I get the um, veranda, which is the light roast, because it's low acid. And sometimes that I'll have to wait for. Or they'll tell me we don't have that brewed. But they always have Pike. They didn't have any. I'm like, what the heck are they putting in all these coffee drinks that they're making? Because they didn't have any you coffee brewed. are a coffee shop. That's what I said. So we just, we're kind. Yeah. Very patient. But said, you know what? Just return our money. Aww. And we'll go ahead and go. So that's our coffee story. <laughs> Along with the other adventures on your trip. Oh my Jesus. <laughs> we, we got out of life. You did. <laughs> That's all we're going to say about that. That's it was a miracle, right. but we got out of life. So what book are you reading right now? So I am reading, uh, I started listening to a couple different podcasts and had listened to one with um, Scott McKnight and his daughter, Laura Berenger, and they wrote a book, A Church Called Tove, which is goodness oh, okay. in the Old Testament. So it's forming a goodness culture. Ooh. And it is fascinating is it good it's really good is there it's, goodness inside there is goodness <laughs> i right now i'm still in the middle of the yuck because they both came out of um willow creek bill hybels church oh they did some time at uh harvest with james mcdonald and See, so, I don't know him. so they came out of some big mega church past yuck. yeah yuck just big yuck and kind of what they learned from that, you know, serving in those churches for years after years, um, really coming to understand what Matthew, what Matthew 18 means when it comes to dealing with abuse mm -hmm. and how, um, you know, uh, taking a person who's been abused and throwing Matthew 18 and saying, well, go meet with your abuser is not healthy. No. And so it's it's fascinating. It's really very, very good. Good. All right. We'll have to link to that in the podcast yeah, notes. Yeah, for sure. And I just finished a book called Replenish, yeah. Leading from a Healthy Soul by Lance Witt. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're all kind of reading that together as a staff. And if you're a leader anywhere, you need to read mm -hmm. that book. Excellent book. And then I'm also reading, I have three or four chapters left, um, and I, oh, his name just escaped. John Tyson. John. Beautiful Resistance. Oh. Um, the Joy of Conviction in a Compromised Culture. So good. Say that again. The, the Joy of Conviction. Living okay. your Basically living your conviction in a compromised culture. Wow. And finding joy in that. Wow. Yeah, so good. Okay. So good. Yeah. So, John Tyson. Good books. My goodness. We'll have to link those in the... 
show notes for anyone else. If you're listening, pop into the comments on our page what you're reading. We'd be really interested for some good book tips. Absolutely. Yep. So today I am so excited to be back podcasting and actually an interaction at church yesterday kind of sparked our topic. And our topic is how to pray when your heart is broken. Mm, And yesterday our church, like I'm sure every other church in the United States prayed for Afghanistan among some other things kind of in our transition time. And right after that, I had a lady, I was standing on the platform still because I do announcements, which Jesus, I don't like doing announcements. But um, so an older woman came up to me who I, you know, I has been in the church for a while. And Mm -hmm. she said, you know, there's a thing breaking my heart right now that I read about these girls on an island who are just being trafficked. She said, and I don't even know how to pray. Yeah. And I, I gave her a couple pointers, and then it just got me to thinking how many other people are looking at what is happening, different things happening in our world right now that are heartbreaking, mm-hmm. and looking at it like, can I even make a difference? And I don't even know how to even begin praying for this. So I thought we should just talk about it, how to pray when your heart is broken. Yeah. And um, I I know you had a couple scriptures down there, and I just want to just pop this out because um, it doesn't have to be complicated. Right. Because we think prayer has to be complicated sometimes. But what I told her immediately, because really I only had a minute, I had 60 seconds between the time she came up and the time I had to start doing the announcements. Um, And the online church family came back. I had 60 seconds. And I said, if all you do is turn to the Lord and say, this is hurting my heart, God, intervene. Mm -hmm. That's power. That's releasing power. That's releasing him to move in that situation. And um, we're really on this earth just called to be an echo. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is countercultural to what a lot of people say. They say, you should be a voice, not an echo. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. You should be a voice, not an echo. But honestly, all that the church is called to do is to echo what God has already said. Right. And right. our prayers are just supposed to be an echo of what we see in the word. And you had kind of a scripture about it not being complicated and being a little simple. Yeah. And I think we can just get in our heads and think, oh my gosh, I need to make it this big, huge, long thing. And actually David writes in Psalm 143, he says, hear my prayer, O Lord, listen to my plea. Answer me because you are faithful and righteous. Simple. Simple. I mean, that's a simple, you know, obviously he, it's a, Psalm and he goes on a lot longer sharing things, but to simply say, Lord, hear my prayer for these women who are being trafficked. God, intervene, intervene, do something. Yeah. Do what only you can do. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated. And I remember the Lord giving me a picture of this one time, just um, kind of an example is a lot of times uh, in times past when my kids are in school at YSU, my debit card would inadvertently make its way to YSU in one of their wallets mm-hmm. because they run errands for me 
but I don't expect them to buy it. So I give them my debit card. They purchase what I need them to purchase. They bring it home, but never turn the debit card back in. (laughs) So I will need to go buy something, but not have the buying power to do it because my card is in Youngstown. And so the Lord really showed it to me like this. Like if I needed milk to make dinner, but didn't have a way to buy it, knowing that Michael was going to be coming home soon, if all I did was text him the word milk, he would know because we have an ongoing relationship and conversation going. He would know she needs that to make dinner. Right. Or it could be a little bit longer and say, could you pick up milk to, so I can make dinner? Yeah. But even if I just said milk, right, he would know I need to stop and get milk on the way home. Yeah. It doesn't need a long paragraph. Dear Michael. You're so amazing and wonderful. And I'm just so thankful. And I'm so sad right now because I have, thought we had milk and we don't have milk because the kids took my card. and You have all the power <laughs> in your wallet and I have no power. And if you, oh, great husband of mine, would just please, please, please have Dane, mercy on me and just stop on the way. I mean, we make it complicated. Right. And all that our prayers do is engage the one with the power to change the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's all my text would do, would be to engage the one with the buying power in his wallet to pick up milk on the way home. Yeah. And I think even when Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray, yeah. And he simply wrote the Our Father, which everybody knows. And in there, God, for these women on that island, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. Bring that down to these women. I mean, it's... Yeah, we're not asking God to do something he doesn't already want to do. Uh, anytime we have it in our heart to pray for something, it's because God put it there. Right. Because God put that desire in our heart. And I even wrote down in my little notes so that I, I kind of had a track on what we, you know, could talk about is that the first thing you need to do when you're feeling heavy and heartbroken about a situation is acknowledge it. Yes. Like acknowledge it to the one who can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And say, God, my heart is really heavy. And right now you can have pick a myriad of topics, but Afghanistan, Haiti, sex trafficking, those are kind of the three of the big ones that are happening right now that are heartbreaking that it almost paralyzes you to think, I can't even do anything. It's such an overwhelming thing. I don't even know what I could do. Is even what I'm going to say matter? And the first thing you do is acknowledge it to him. Mm-hmm. Because he's the one that put that heaviness on you to begin with. He's the one who gave you a heart sensitive enough to be moved with compassion and feel empathy for these people going through what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And especially the church in Afghanistan and the things going on in Afghanistan, we aren't experiencing that. Mm -hmm. I woke up Monday morning super early, but heartbroken for what they're experiencing, because I don't know if you know this or not, but they're ripping. If if you have a daughter 12 years of age or older, they're coming ripping her from the home and marrying them to these people in leadership in the Taliban. They're raping them. Mm-hmm. They're doing atrocities to them. And all I could think was, my I'm not experiencing that. Right. I don't have to worry that somebody's going to to go into my daughter's dorm room in Alabama and 
traffic her and and force her to marry some terrorist. Right. I live in such a free country, and we have we have the luxury mm-hmm. of living in a country that's free, where that's not weighing down on us. Yeah. But if we just take that freedom and appreciate that freedom Mm -hmm. and just thank God for that freedom without ever using the responsibility behind that freedom to pray for the ones who aren't experiencing that freedom, Mm -hmm. then we are missing it as a Christian. Yeah, We're missing what we're called to do. It's our responsibility in the free nation that we live in to release power and to help and to undergird churches in areas where it's not free right? so that the will and the plan of God can happen for them. Yeah. yeah. It's not enough to just enjoy our freedom. We have a responsibility because we're free to help those that aren't. Yeah. And people sometimes don't think prayer's enough. Oh my goodness. But prayer releases the power of God, which does not that we don't want to give to help these causes because giving is valuable too. But I I tend to say prayer is even more powerful Mm -hmm. than giving because you're engaging the God of the universe who can miraculously do things to help, to protect, to provide for. And, uh, it's, it is doing something. It is, it is. And I think, um, you know, when you just give God that one little prayer, you just show him that you're going to put your faith with just one little word. He is going to use you more Then he's going to come back to you and say, man, you put your faith in that here, pray this way, pray this way. He's going to give you unction on more things to pray and expand your prayers for a certain topic. Yeah. I have a um, very good friend, her and her husband were missionaries to Haiti and they now live in the state side. Um, but I have a little girl I sponsor in Haiti. And, um, you know, I think another good thing is to really have an understanding of what's going on. You know, like in Haiti, for instance, the South that was hit with the earthquake, there's one road that goes from there to Port-au-Prince where the good hospitals are. Well, the gang members own that road. Oh, my goodness. They block it off and don't let people go. So with that knowledge, now I can get very specific. Yep. And say, you know, it's kind of like the same thing when somebody's sick and people don't want them to put a voice to it. But you need to have an understanding of what the sickness is in your body in order to be able to, you know, direct those prayers even deeper. Yeah. And I think the same is true with things like this, like... You have to use wisdom when you're watching news and where you're getting your information from to make sure it's accurate. Yep. But, um, you know, just like with her, just praying for God, open my eyes to better understanding of what is happening. God, I just pray that you would intervene and um, protect these girls. Yeah. And then just keep, even if you just pray that over and over and over again. Yep. Until God shows you more, reveals more. And I just want to do a caveat on what you just said about the news Mm -hmm. is please, please, please watch the news. Don't drink it. Yeah. Watch the news. Don't feast on it. Yeah. Get an understanding, get some information, accurate information. But if you're watching it and feasting on it and drinking on it to the point where it's affecting you as far as anxiety and fear and sleeplessness and mm-hmm. those kind of things, you're watching too much. <laughs> and, and 
we are, and because my husband works in virtual reality, we are getting in a world that can look real and it's not. Yep. And stories can be twisted in a way like, I watched this one story where this guy was videotaping another man being arrested. If you watch the little clip, it looked like he was being arrested because he was out during lockdown times and they were arresting him for that. Mm -hmm. When in fact, the man had just threatened to take his life. And they were protecting him. And they were protecting him. Oh my goodness. But this is... This is because we're so inundated with information from every source possible. It can be very easy to see something and then all of a sudden you're reposting it and going, oh my gosh, look at this atrocity. Look what they're doing to this man in Australia because he's wouldn't get the COVID vaccine or he's out after curfew when in fact they were trying to save his life. Yeah. So we need that discernment. Yeah. We need discernment. Yeah. That's just crazy world that we live in. Mm Mm-hmm. So I wrote down a little prayer and I thought, I'm just going to read it and just give maybe an example Mm -hmm. of what a simple little prayer for maybe Afghanistan would look like. And after you acknowledge it, Lord, my heart is heavy for Afghanistan. It's heavy in me because it's grieving you. Listen, God isn't without emotion. Mm -hmm. And he has no expression on this earth if the church doesn't give expression. Yeah. Which means he doesn't weep if we don't weep. He doesn't encourage if we don't encourage. And we're going to get into that in just a second. But, and I just wrote, I know you want to move and do something and you need someone to ask or to pray. And I'll be that someone. So help me pray for this. Mm -hmm. Lord, intervene. Do something. Come and do what only you can do. And that's simple enough. Mm -hmm. And then I just, Father, I said, bring miracles of protection Miracles of deliverance, miracles of provisions, and miracles of salvations. Because all those things he's done in the Bible, when the church prayed for Peter to be delivered from that death row sentence that he was on in the book Mm -hmm. of Acts, the angel came and rescued him. Yeah. Right? He's delivered. He's protected. George Mueller wrote one time that he and the orphans were sitting around the dinner table when the troops were coming in. And it, they were going to come and either take them or kill them. And God caused them all to be invisible. They came in, they looked around, they saw nothing and they left. God can still do those things. Wow, yeah. He was the pillar of cloud by day. He was the pillar of fire by night to separate and protect those. Mm-hmm. And we still serve the same God. Right. And persecution has never stopped the kingdom of God from advancing. Mm-hmm. And so we need to pray that those salvations of of transformation of those salvations would come mm-hmm. in whatever way that the church would have boldness, that kind of thing. And then I wrote, and then once you've prayed what you know to pray, check your heart. Just say, God, help me. If there's something else that needs prayed, help me. And if a thought comes to your mind, just pray it. Mm-hmm. And it could be just something as simple as food. Mm-hmm. All right, God, you have a way to get them food. I ask you to get them food yeah, or whatever it is. And then pray in the spirit. Yeah. We're here Man. at Victory. We're spirit filled. We believe in, in being baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And it's not just for a show. There's a purpose in those other mm-hmm. tongues. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 2, it says we speak mysteries, mm-hmm. secret things and hidden truths not revealed to our understanding. Right. 
And then Romans 8, which you were you had on your paper, which you're, I think you're going to read, mm-hmm. talks about when we don't know what to pray. And it's rolling around with some other scriptures. Why don't you go ahead and read that? Yeah, so Romans 8.26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Yep. And we love that scripture. He works all things together for good. And we kind of just leave that in his hands. But that scripture is tied directly to prayer. Mm -hmm. Us doing our part of praying. Right. And praying in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're just not quite sure about you know, what all that looks like. And, and I had re- someone recently tell me they were taught that that was of the devil. Mm. And honestly, I walked with the devil for quite a few years and really never had any unction to pray in, in, right. in tongues. Right. We've been, I've been to bars before. I don't see anyone praying in tongues there. <laughs> no. The occult does not pray in tongues. That's right. a lie from the enemy. So there's all kinds of different lies like that. And if that's you and you want some more information on, on being filled with the spirit and have some questions on praying in tongues, drop it in the comments, private message Absolutely. us. We would be more than happy to talk with you and to get you some literature maybe to read so that uh, to answer your questions. But praying in the spirit, it just gives you an avenue to pray the will and the plan of God without having to understand it. You pray beyond your understanding and you can get so much more accomplished. It just really adds so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So God doesn't have expression on this earth that doesn't come through the church. Mm -hmm. He needs us to pray. Yeah. He needs us to be that echo of what he's saying in this earth. And I have a whole teaching on it. Um, maybe I'll link it to the podcast notes of why that is. And it all has to do with what Adam and Eve did in the garden. But um, trust me when I tell you, God can't move in this earth unless someone prays. Mm -hmm. And he needs you to pray. And your prayer matters. Mm -hmm. Your prayer of God intervene is going to make a difference. And um, someone uh, even said one time, well, And this is happening, this is happening all throughout the the Middle East, is that people are having visions and dreams and getting saved through those visions and dreams and think, well, that's not an expression of the church. But honestly, those vision and dreams are probably happening as a result of prayer, someone praying somewhere in the world for that harvest field. Yeah. And so lest you get into pride, though, thinking, man, my prayer did something. Listen, it all starts and ends with God. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it originates with God. We can take no credit for it. He puts it in our heart. He gives us the authority to even pray. Like he gave us the right to pray as children of God. It's his plan. It's his purpose. It's his power. It's his desire. We echo what he said. And then his power and arm brings it to pass. Absolutely. So we're the teeniest, tiniest, and little piece of that puzzle. 
but a necessary piece of that puzzle. Yeah. But really, it's just God bringing it to pass. And if you read Ezekiel in chapter 37 about the dry bones, it's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. God spoke something. Ezekiel echoed what God spoke, and then God was able to bring it to pass. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen until someone on earth echoed what God said. Yeah. So he needs us to be his echo. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Did you have any scriptures? I would say too to um, encourage people, and I started doing this just a couple years ago, is to journal your prayers. Mm. Write things down. Write little nuggets God gives you. Write about specific topics. Maybe there's a topic you want to pray for and you don't know, like she did with um, the trafficking and, yeah. and that. Just write a note down and say, God, this is on my heart. I just don't know how to pray for this right now. Yep. And then just spend some time in the spirit, spend some time praying, worshiping, reading your Bible, and he's going to reveal so much to you. And then just keep jotting things down. I've started to write down dreams. Oh, yeah. Because um, he's just given me some that have been so detailed. I'm like, I have to write these down so I don't forget. Yeah. And then just, you know, and sometimes just wait. Yep. You know. And then also, if you feel like you don't know how to pray and you feel stuck, I just want to encourage you to get around people that are praying. Yeah. <laughs> get around people that are praying and it sparks prayer in you. And honestly, here at the Warren campus, we have three corporate times a week that you're welcome to join us at. And um, Monday nights at six o'clock, Tuesday mornings at nine o'clock, and then Wednesday afternoons at 1.30. Mm-hmm. So if you feel stuck, or kind of dry in your prayer time, or man, I don't know how to pray. If you get around people that are praying, it's going to spark prayer in you, and you're going to learn how to pray. When I went to Bible school, they had prayer school every day, Monday through Friday, from I think it was 1 to 2. Yeah, because it was right after school. And so I worked a lot of days, but when I was off, I was at prayer school just putting myself around people who knew how to pray better than I did or who were more confident in their prayer or seemed to be able to release that power in prayer and know more than I did. And it, it did as much for my prayer life as listening to teachings on prayer. That's why I hang around with you. Aww. Because you encourage me and teach me. And so, Yeah. Hang around people who pray and know how to pray and love to pray. Yeah, because it will be contagious. It'll spark you. Absolutely, it'll spark a fire. Absolutely, prayer is for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not just a calling to a few in the church. And there's only one time the word intercessor is used in the Bible. One, one time, and it doesn't have anything to do with ministry giftings or callings or Christian giftings or callings or gifts and callings of the Holy Ghost. It's prayer is practical Christianity. We are all called to pray. So that's you. And that was such a thread throughout every inch of Jesus's life here on earth. Yep. That he got a way to pray. He got a way to pray. Yeah. Important enough to teach the disciples how to pray, you know, and just spent that time with, and I'm sure he had times where he just needed to go, shoo. Yeah, and the disciples spent time around somebody who prayed, and mm-hmm. what did they ask him? Lord, teach us to teach pray. Teach us how. Yep, and what yeah. did he do? He prayed. Yeah. 
He didn't get break out a three point message. No. With scripture references and all the things. He which just said, here's how you pray. Teaching on prayer is good. Mm-hmm. But he prayed mm-hmm. and he taught them by example. And if you join with people who are praying, you're going to learn by. It's just like your it's just like your kids. My grandkids are so cute because when we sit around the table, each one of them can pray over the meal because they see what their parents do. Yeah. And they've learned it. Yeah. And they know how to do it. Yeah. And they correct me if I start eating too soon. Oh. So And then you just bless all (laughs) that is within you. Bless what we've already (laughs) eaten. Yeah. So you do, you learn. You learn from others, you learn by practice. Yeah. So we are out of time. That went fast. Already. So many other things that are sparking in me to want to talk about prayer, like spirit-led prayer. Yeah. Just something Allie said to me since she's been at school, like an experience she had in prayer that just really excited her. Maybe next time. Okay, don't cry. Okay. So, something. We end a certain way. Oh, we are all about connection. Yes, we are. So, check us out on social media. Connect with us there. Yeah. We're sisterhood.victory on both Instagram and Facebook. Right. And then grab a cup of coffee with someone. Yeah. But not at the Starbucks we went to on the way home. Together with some girlfriends at, I don't know, Nova, the Mocha House. Yeah. Somewhere you love to go local. Yep. Panera. Anywhere. Your house. Your house. Yeah. Right. And then, um, hey, we have a retreat coming up. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. 125 ladies. Incredible. So if you're signed up for the retreat and not in the retreat group on Facebook yet, drop it in the comments. We'll pop you in there. And um, I think we do have two more spots available, but I'm not sure on that. If you're interested in that, the first two to comment, I will contact and let you know for sure. And then um, Tony Cook is going to be with us this weekend at the Warren Campus, Sunday morning, Sunday night, teaching on the supernatural in the church. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be awesome. So... If you don't have a church. Oh, hey, check out one of our eight campuses. You can visit VCC. One church. One church. Dot com. Dot com. That's our website. No, that's not right. (laughs) Yeah. VCC one church dot com. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's our website. But we have eight campuses. New Wilmington, Newcastle, Boardman, Vienna, Columbiana, Coitsville, Warren, there's Liberty. Yay. Woo-hoo. That's all eight. That's all eight. So you can yeah. check out the addresses and locations online. So we're glad you joined us today, but don't forget, we, we are, are better, better together. together.